I'm going to give it all no matter what I see. You know what's going to happen? God's power is going to fill your life. You're going to see him answer prayer like you've never seen before. You're going to see him move in your life like you've never seen before. You're going to see him work in your life. You're going to see him set you up for what he has called you to do. You know every single one of you has a call on your life. You know every single one of you has a purpose on your life. Every one of you has a destiny. And you know what? That can't be derailed as long as you stay under his wing. You know that can't be derailed as long as you say, God, I'm with you. And I want everything you have for me. You know, we're going to see God move because we are fasting. But I know for many of you, as you have been fasting and praying, maybe in the natural, you're like, man, it doesn't seem like much is happening. Maybe you've been fasting and praying and like, it actually seems like the opposite. It may seem like, seem, seem like things are getting worse. It may seem like things are harder. You know, you know, before you could fight whatever battle you're fighting with food and with energy, and now you feel like you're fighting it without food and without energy. And you're like, man, I just went into the fast with such a, like, just more excitement than I ever have to fast before. Maybe you've never been excited to fast. And in this fast, you actually felt like, man, I think God's in this and I'm, I'm ready to fast. But as you've gone through it, it's just been difficult. And if that's where you're at, I want to speak to you tonight. I want to share this verse to start by sharing this out of Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at all at that time and became very hungry. How many of you resonate with that last part? Became very hungry. Jesus is fasting and praying. And as he's fasting and praying, he's led by the Spirit. So like many of you, maybe, maybe you felt led by the Spirit to fast. Maybe you saw something in your life where you're like, I believe God wants to move in this. And you were led by the Spirit to fast. But he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I want to ask you a question. Did the devil show up in your fast? Did the, is the devil in your fast? Maybe you started fasting and you're like, man, I was expecting God to show up and it felt like the devil showed up. <laughs> I was expecting God to move and it feels like the only, the only thing that's happening is I'm, I'm battling with the enemy. Do you know that anytime we want to do something for God, the devil shows up? You come to church and the devil's going to show up, all right? You want to start building something in your life for God and the devil's going to show up. You want to fast and the devil's going to show up because the enemy is mostly the enemy. Why he's the enemy of your soul? He's mostly the enemy of anything that God wants to do in your life. So maybe it was confusing for you because as you started to fast, you thought God was in it and now you're thinking like, oh, I don't know if God's in this, you know? Because all it feels like is I'm battling. Maybe you didn't even think to ask yourself that question. Did, is, did the devil show up in my fast? You know, it's good that we don't talk about the devil all the time. Because we don't want to glorify the devil. We don't want to make much of the devil. But at the same time, the Bible says this. It says we're not unaware of his scheme. So that Satan will not outsmart us, for we're not unfamiliar with his schemes. That's Paul writing. 
So there's an aspect, well, why we don't glorify anything that Satan does, and we don't want to overemphasize. We also don't want to be unaware. You know, with our kids, we have four kids. Uh, they're 12, 10, 8, and 6, about to have birthdays, and so all the birthdays will change, and then, like, it'll take me a long time to answer that question because I'll be like, 13, 11, 9, 7. And so with our kids, obviously, they're at that age, you know, where... Uh, you want to teach them about strangers, you know, stranger danger. In fact, we were in Michigan uh, at my in-laws recently, and the kids were playing out in the front yard, and there was a guy who was on the sidewalk across the street. We weren't out there. He's across the street. He walks across the street to my children, and he says, I have a puppy at my house would you like to come see it? So Everett, Everett's like our alarm bell. Anything's going to go bad or wrong, or if something, if he feels like something's even close to bad, like on TV, we're going to know about it from Everett, all right? He's like the accountability police in our house. And uh, so stranger danger happens, that happens, Everett's like, mm-mm. <laughs> not here. So he runs inside and he's like, this guy offered us to come see his puppy. And we like ran away from him. And we're like, that's awesome. And turns out this person was a really nice guy and it's all good and nothing bad happened. It's great. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is weird, but okay. We'll give him a pass. Uh, everything was good. Everything was good. But you teach your kids about stranger danger but you don't like go like, I don't wake up my kids every morning and go, watch out for strangers. They're out there. You know, could be bad today. Today could be the day. You know, watch out for strangers. We don't eat breakfast in the morning being like with a picture of this different strangers in the neighborhood that they might see. We don't overemphasize strangers because that would be messed up. And that would probably freak them out. And they might be like, is that a stranger? And you're like, no, that's your aunt. You know, like things like that would happen. Because that's what happens when you overemphasize things like that. And, you know, sometimes people overemphasize the work of the enemy in their life. And that, that same kind of tendency happens. You know, they, 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 you know, they spill their coffee and they're like, that was the devil. You know, and you're like, I think maybe you just don't have coordination. You know, like, so... And that would be the case with me. Like, I'm like, I barely wear, in fact, I'm wearing a white shirt right now. And if you could see, uh, it, it, there's definitely a stain on it. So, so all that to say, while we don't overemphasize the work of the devil, I think if we don't understand that he's at work, especially in times when we're trying to draw close to God, it can be confusing. And it can be discouraging. Because if you don't understand, like, the enemy's going to attack anytime. Oh, you're like, man, I just, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to pray for that on this fast. Or, man, I really need this stronghold broken in my life. So I'm going to pray for that on this fast. And, and you don't realize the enemy's going to show up. So you're praying and you're like, well, maybe God doesn't want to do this. Like, it feels like this is getting worse. Or, or man, it feels like I have all, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying to be more faith-filled, but I, I'm really full of negative thoughts during this fast. And it's because the enemy showed up in your fast. And if he showed up in Jesus' fast, he's going to show up in your fast. But I want you to notice the Holy Spirit, and you can go back to that scripture. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted by the devil for 40 days. 
So the whole time, the voice he's hearing, that's Jesus, is the enemy. He's battling the enemy on this fast. But God is working. Just because you're battling the enemy in the fast that you're in, doesn't mean that God's not working. Just because you're battling the enemy doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Just because you're battling the enemy doesn't mean that God's not for you. In fact, the opposite is true. God does see you. God does love you. God is for you. God does hear you. God is working. And don't believe the lie of the enemy just because he's battling you that God isn't working, that God isn't moving, that God isn't putting the pieces together. God isn't doing something supernatural because that's exactly what's happening as Jesus is fasting. And we're just going to really quickly kind of go through what the devil says in this fast and then talk about what happens after the fast, which I think will be really encouraging to you. First thing is he highlights your deficiency to question your identity. So he comes to Jesus and he says this. He says, then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God. So if that's true, then tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. If that's true, then let's prove it. You know, if that's true, then why do you have this lack in your life? You know, why are you hungry? If you're the son of God, you can just tell this to become bread. If you are, do you know you're a child of God? Do you know when you're fasting, you're not just praying as a person that's just like, oh, I hope it works. No, you're praying as a bought and paid for child of the king that you can come before the father and he is your father and you're his son or his daughter and you are that. That's your identity. Oh, but doesn't the devil come to you and say, well, if that's the case, if you're a child of God, then why is this happening? It could be the very thing you're fasting for. But because it's not moving and all of a sudden you're weak, the devil comes to you with an argument that says, if you have this lack, it must be because you're not who God says you are. It must be because there's some problem with you. It must be because you don't have it. You didn't, you didn't really get saved. Because if you really got saved, then you would really be a child of the king. And if you were really a child of the king, then you wouldn't need that. Then this wouldn't be going on in your life. That doesn't happen for children of God. It's a lie. It's a lie from the enemy. Maybe he's told you that on your fast. And it's discouraged you. And it's made you want to quit. And it's made you think you're less than you are. It's made you think God won't answer your prayer and isn't listening. And it's made you think that God's against you. And that God remembers and holds things against you. Even though the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Jesus comes to the enemy with scripture. He says... He says, you know what? No, Scripture says, I like the no at the beginning of this. No. Scripture says, people don't live by bread alone. What Jesus is saying is, the fact that there is a need doesn't mean that that's all there is. You see, we're not fasting 
because we're just going off of what we see. We're fasting because we know there's a spiritual world and there are spiritual realities that are the greater realities and that the things that we think we need, the things that we think give us strength, the things that we think will make everything better, we're saying, God, you really know what those are. And God, all I need is you. And God, this whole thing can burn up in front of me. But God, if I have you, I have all I need. Fasting is what opens your eyes to see the true reality that God is for you no matter what you see on the horizon, no matter what you see that says to you, you're not enough, no matter what you see that says to you, you know what, you are, yeah, you got lack, you got deficiencies, you got insecurities. No, fasting is what says, you know, those those things don't matter. You don't live by those things alone. You don't live by what's in your bank account. You don't live by what kind of role you have at your job. You don't live by how your relationships are going. You live by the word of God. God is for you. God loves you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He's going to work in your life because you look to him. You don't live by that alone. The enemy will cause you to forget your identity based on your need. Secondly, he suggests a better, quicker alternative. He comes to Jesus and he says this, He said, the devil took him up, revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you all the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. And I'll give it all to you if you will worship me. Now, that might seem like, well, how is that a temptation to Jesus But what the devil's really offering him is just like, hey, there's a quicker way to do all this. You know, the cross, like, that's not something you need to do in order to fulfill your purpose. Your purpose is to rule. That's your purpose. That's why you came to this earth. You're building a kingdom, and I can get you there quicker with a lot less pain and a lot less struggle. That's how the enemy works. And when you're weak and you're in a fast, the enemy is going to come to you and he's going to give you all kinds of alternatives that look a lot better than forward. They'll look a lot better than trusting God. They'll look a lot better than, no, my life is his, so I'm doing it. But you can't believe the lie of the enemy because that truly is a lie. It's not real. It looks real, but it's not real. It looks easier, but it's not easier. It looks better, but it's not better. And some of you are thinking through ways to do that. You're, you're looking at, maybe you got a situation at your job and it'd just be easier to say, okay, we're going to cut this corner. That would just be easier. Nobody will know. It'd be fine. Nobody will know I, I contacted that person on Facebook. Nobody will know about this area of my life. And you know what? Everything will be better then. Yeah, it'll be better. Because the enemies come to you and lie to you that that's the way it works. But look at what Jesus says. He says, you know what? The scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So what's it come down to for Jesus? It's not like, well, no, that way is not faster. No, he's not even going to deal with that argument. He's going to say, you know what? I'm doing it God's way. Oh, I'm his. I, I worship him. Jesus, being fully God, also connected to the Father, does everything the Father tells him to do in perfect submission to the Father. And he's our model for that. 
So when we get in a situation where the enemy comes to us and tries to tell us that there's a way or that there's some sort of avenue that's contrary to the word of God, our answer is go, no, I was bought with a price. You know what? I got a mission on my life, all right? You know what? I am for one person, one person only. And it ain't you, it's him. I'm going for him and I am not compromising in any way. You know, the Bible says that, you know what? You should guard your heart before out of it flows the direction of your life. Then it says this, don't look to the right or to the left because that will cause you to swerve. And as you're in a fast, sometimes it gets so, it can be so dark. The enemy can be on such the attack that you can start to think that, well, maybe it'd be better to go this way or that way, and it's a lie. You've got to remember, no, I worship him, and even when I can't see, I set my eyes on you. Even when I can't see, I say my life is for you. Thirdly, he pushes you to attempt to manipulate God based on your identity. Now this one is, I know that sounds complicated, but trust me, almost everybody does this. Everybody at some point in their life says, okay, God, I'm fasting, so... Yeah, I did it. You know, I'm fasting, so you gotta, you gotta do this. Or I'm, God, you said this about me, so if that's true, then this situation needs to be fixed in X timeline. Everybody does that at some point, and they have to remember that, hey, you know what? God does love you. God is for you. God does answer prayer. God is working. But that does not put you in a position. Fasting is not a tool to manipulate God. Fasting is not a tool. Fasting and prayer, coming to the altar, is God honors that. Saying, God, I want everything you have for me. God, God, I know you move mountains, God. And so I'm fasting and praying because I believe you do that. And I believe as I do that, you will move. Is not the same as saying, God, if I do that, you have to do this. And, and when you put yourself in that position, you're creating a lack of relationship. You're creating a distance between you and God. And God, God wants relationship with you. Fasting brings intimacy with God as you say, God, it's not about what I can get, although I know you will take care of me. And although I know as I fast, power, your power will fill my life. That's what fasting does. But you know what? God, I'm not going to put you to the test. I'm not going to create some crazy ultimatum with you that says, God, if I do this, you have to do that. Because God, I'm, a, I'm about submission. You're in charge, God. You will drive my life way better than I'll drive it. I'm not going to put you to the test. And that's exactly what Jesus says. The devil took him to Jerusalem and said, hey, jump off this if you're, the, if you're the son of God and angels will catch you. And Jesus says, I'm not going to, you must not put the Lord your God to the test. I'm not doing it. Notice every time the enemy comes to Jesus, he responds with the word of God. As if to say like, hey, when we're fasting and praying and as we're seeking the Lord any time in life, it's not enough to just say, you know what, I'm going to pray. You got to get the word of God in you. 
because it, it creates truth. It puts truth in your heart. It guards your heart. It changes your heart, changes your mind, and gives you a tool to attack back, to fight back with the enemy. You know, out of all of this, you can think like as Jesus is being tempted and all of that, you're like, man, why does, it, why does that happen? Why does the enemy attack? And we don't have all the reasons why that would happen or, or why God would allow certain things like that. But we do know this, that in our weakness, he's made strong. That in the battle, the Lord shows up. That he's near to those in times of trouble. That in our deficiency, we learn about his sufficiency. And when we learn about that, we're set up to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're set up to see him move in our life like never before. So maybe you feel weak tonight. And maybe you feel like you didn't do such a good job fasting. And maybe you feel like, I don't know if I have what it takes to be spiritual because I don't feel very spiritual. Maybe the arguments in your head are all from the enemy. Maybe the voice that's been talking to you for 21 days hasn't felt like a good voice, doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit. Yet you've concluded that because of that, God is not going to work in my life. That because of that, I might not be cut out to be used by God. Maybe you've concluded that I'm not a person of faith because the narrative in my head seems like it's from the enemy. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. And Jesus went back to the word of God. He didn't swerve. He went back to the word. He didn't swerve. He went back to the word. And then watch what happens out of his fast. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. What happened after Jesus' fast? power of God filled him to do the ministry that God had called him to do. Jesus is our example. You're fasting. You're praying. You're saying, God, I need your help. You know what's going to happen as you say, God, I trust you, not what I can see. God, I'm not going to test you. God, I'm not going to question what you say about me, my identity in you. God, I'm all for you. You're the one I worship. And so I'm going to give it all no matter what I see. You know what's going to happen? God's power is going to fill your life. You're going to see him answer prayer like you've never seen before. You're going to see him move in your life like you've never seen before. You're going to see him work in your life. You're going to see him set you up for what he has called you to do. You know every single one of you has a call on your life. You know every single one of you has a purpose on your life. Every one of you has a destiny. And you know what? That can't be derailed as long as you stay under his wing. You know that can't be derailed as long as you say, God, I'm with you and I want everything you have for me. You know what? Some of you have been discouraged. But tonight, the Lord's coming to you and saying, you know what? Don't go off what you can see. Go off my word. Don't go off of what you can see. Just because you're under attack doesn't mean I'm not with you. I'm working in the attack. And I love you. And keep it up. Bring that prayer before me again. Get in my presence again. You watch what I'm going to do.